Welcome to KJV Cafe, where we explore great truths from God's holy word in a simple, down-to-earth fashion. Romans 10:17 shows us where faith comes from. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Let's grow our faith together in the cafe today. Our program is hosted by Pastor Clark Covington and brought to you by Heartland Ministries. Grab your Bible and a hot cup of coffee or tea and join us now as we explore God's holy word. Hey men, welcome to the cafe. Good to be here today. Hope you're having a wonderful day, a wonderful week. So good to have you here today as we get into God's word. We are in a series dealing with godly wisdom and how great godly wisdom is for us and what godly wisdom can do for us and will do for us if we draw near to him, amen. And James 3, verse 17, gives us a picture of godly wisdom. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, and easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. If we've looked at that pure aspect of godly wisdom in great detail, and we've looked at Romans 11.33, Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. We understand that God is incredibly wise, the wisest one to ever exist and the wisest one that will ever exist. And we start looking at that connection between God being incredibly wise God being our creator, the Bible being here on earth, the Bible being uh, 100% Holy Spirit inspired, we start realizing, okay, we need to go to God's word. Psalm 119.9, wherewithal shall young man cleanse his way by taking heed thereto according to thy word. We realize what the word starts doing to us in terms of uh getting us saved. Amen. We're saved by what we're saved by God's word. We, we, you know, how do we explain sin and the cross without God's word? We can't, right? So we're saved by God's word and then we're sanctified by God's word. And all of this is pure because it's for our good. And it is true. And it is, and it's pure in a corrupt and broken world that's contaminated and perverted by the devil. And we see that once we have that pure wisdom, we start going on to peaceable and that idea of free from argument or conflict, the idea that God himself is peace. 2 Thessalonians 3.16, Now the Lord of peace himself give you peace always by all means. The Lord be with you all. That's 2 Thessalonians 3.16. The Lord is peace. He is 100% peace. And he can bestow this peace on others as he so chooses. And when we seek godly wisdom, we are seeking godly peace. And God will give it. John 16, These things I've spoken unto you that in me ye might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. These things I've spoken unto you that in me you might have peace. This is Christ speaking, is it not? And he is telling us that in him we can have peace. And that in this world, there'll be tribulation. Of course, there will be. It's a fallen world. It's a sinful world. And anyone that tells you there won't be tribulation in this world is lying to you. And they're perverting God's word if they bring God into it. And then the Lord says, be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Well, what does that mean? That means that we are in a world that is broken, but we have a God that is perfect and unbroken. 
and the unbroken God, the perfect God, amen, our Savior and Lord Jesus Christ, will give us peace because he has overcome the world. And we can have peace in knowing that he has overcome the world. Imagine you have a car and it's broken and you have to go to work every day and run errands every day. And this thing doesn't run at all, right? It's just a mess. You got to jump it every time you're at a stoplight. Okay. The door is falling off. It's just awful. And you say to yourself, I will never have another car because I can never afford another car and I'll be in this car and then I'm going to die and that's it. Okay. Well, that won't make you feel too good, will it? (laughs) You won't have too much peace thinking that broken, messed up, jacked up car is all you'll ever have. Now imagine that just around the corner is a brand new car that works just perfectly and is made as it should be and works as it should be and, and can be counted on time and time again. Well, you'll just tell yourself, I'll put up with this one because, hey, something better is around the corner. And I know that that's a very simple example. But when we think of our, 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 our coming days, our heavenly estate, our life with the Lord, we can think of a life that is in order and that is perfect and that is peaceable and that is lovely, that is, that is of a good report, that it has virtue, that is just and is honest and is true. That is the world we're going to, to kind of paraphrase Philippians 4, 8. That is our life in the future. That is our life with God in a heaven that has no sin. Amen. And so when we look on those things, and then we look on the person of Christ that delivered those things to us, then we can have peace today knowing what is coming tomorrow. And we can have peace in today. So it's not just, well, I'm going to have peace tomorrow. I'll be happy tomorrow. We can be happy today knowing that it'll all be fixed. It'll all be rectified. It'll all be made right. I believe the Lord allowed the sin curse to make things go so astray in this world for to help us understand that we are not yet at home, amen, we are not yet in heaven, and that one day everything will be perfect. The Bible says the lion will lie down with the lamb, amen. Oh, I can't wait for that day. I can't wait for the day that everything is in harmony, that we are no longer dealing with the serpent, with the snake, with the little G God of this world, who for a season has caused confusion and terror and chaos. And he will be cast away forever, and we will be with God. But until that time, We have God's peace because his wisdom is peaceable. We have his peace to keep us. Philippians 4, 7. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So what do we see in Philippians 4, 7? That God's peace will actually keep us in our hearts and our minds through Christ Jesus. Right? So we need in our hearts and our minds here today and tomorrow and every day until he takes us home, We need the peace of God because we are pilgrims passing through. We are not residents of this place. We are not, the Bible teaches us not to be friends with this world and not to be uh, comfortable, so to speak, in this world and not to seek worldly riches. And so as we seek God's wisdom, this godly wisdom provides us a peace that passes all understanding that tells us 
Look, I'm going to give you peace in the midst of this tribulation, as Christ had said. And how wonderful is that? To be able to have God's peace in the midst of a troubled world. To be able to call the world a troubled world. Because many that are in the world, this is their only hope. This is their life. So, of course, they're going to say, look, we just need to cut back on the greenhouse gases and everything will be okay. Look, we just need diplomacy and everything will be okay. We just need education and everything will be okay. We just need universal income. Everything will be okay. Look, all of the great minds of this world are trying to solve a problem that can't be solved. And you say, Brother Clark, why can't it be solved? Because of sin. Well, why can't sin just go away? Because sin cannot go away. Sin will not go away until the day that the Lord comes home. Amen? And when the Lord does, then all the sin goes away. But until that time, it will not go away. And not to get too technical, but then you have the millennial kingdom and you have the children of the people that were in the tribulation. They may not be saved. And so... The devil has to come back out one last time, and then he is cast away. And so we have a little bit of uh, sin bubbling up one last time, and then it is completely cast away. And then we are living in peace and harmony with God himself, and there is no sin, and therefore the world will no longer be broken. That's why it's called the new Jerusalem. It's not called the same Jerusalem, amen. It's the new Jerusalem, amen. It is a new time. Everything is made new. Uh, When we are saved, behold, old things are passed away. All things become new, amen. And so we have God's peace in our life when we understand this concept. And I love Philippians 4, 7, because it's not just any peace. It's the peace of God, which passeth all understanding. And so godly peace passes all our understanding. Well, what's our topic today? Godly wisdom. And so we start realizing that godly wisdom sometimes is something we can't fully grasp, right? His ways are higher than our ways. And so we can't always understand what God is doing in our life, but we can have peace in knowing that he has a plan and that he is sovereign, that he's all powerful, that he's going to work his plan out as he sees fit. Amen. And that in the end, it is for our good as Romans eight twenty eight tells us. And so we see, we have a peace that passes all understanding. That's the kind of peace that you can't really explain. You could say, oh, that godly peace, it just washes over you. You know, you can hold God to that promise. You go to his word and you pray to him and you ask him for that peace and he'll give it to you. Amen. He'll give it to you. I believe it. I've seen it myself time and time again in times of turmoil and times of strife in times that a worldly person would literally be at a loss for words. I can sigh and I can, I can rest. I can breathe easy. I can say, Ooh, the Lord is here. He has given me peace despite what is around me. He has given me peace. True peace is only found once we are reconciled to God. This is a very important point. Lest we think that we can have peace from God without knowing God and being saved and going to him, we cannot. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 through 19. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, be in Christ, what does that mean? 2 Corinthians 5, 17. That means if any man be in Christ, that means He's saved. He's accepted Christ as Savior. He's realized he's a sinner in need of a Savior, and he's gone. He or she has gone to the Lord and asked Jesus Christ to save him. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new, and all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation. To wit that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. 
And so true peace begins and, 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 and only happens when we are reconciled to God. What does that mean? That means made right with God. How are we made right with God? Only by what Christ did on the cross because we had a sin debt we could not pay. Amen. And so how are we reconciled to, to God? We needed a bond. We need a bond bondsman. We needed someone to come bail us out. Amen. We needed someone not just to pay, bail us out, but to pay our debt. And that is Christ. Uh, he did that for us and he saved us. Amen. And when he saved us, we then are made right with God. We are reconciled to God. And then the Bible says the earnest of that salvation experience is the Holy Spirit. We get that as the earnest or the down payment on what's to come in heaven. We have the Holy Spirit living within us. And that's what the scriptures say, that we are saved by what Jesus Christ did for us. And that's how we're reconciled to God. And then once we're reconciled to God, guess what? We are turned over to the ministry of reconciliation, helping others be reconciled to God, sowing those seeds, telling people about Christ, telling people about what Christ did for us, telling people about uh, the scriptures, specifically getting into Romans Road or 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 4. Giving that gospel account, we are now helping others be reconciled to God. And that is where godly peace begins. You have to understand, if you have not been saved, okay, the Bible says that you are at enmity or warfare with God. The natural man is at warfare with God. The natural man wants nothing to do with God, no matter what the world says. And so we are at war with God. We have a sin debt that the, a holy God cannot go near, okay, until we are made right or reconciled to God. And that is only by what Christ did on the cross. And by us accepting Christ, then it is imputed to us. It is given to us. It is, it is made to our account so that God, when he looks at you, when he looks at me, he doesn't see us, but he sees the righteousness of Christ applied to us. And so when we're in heaven, all we have to say is, Lord says, well, what good did you do? We say, well, Lord, we didn't do any good other than accept Christ as Savior. And we are claiming Christ here today. And then the Lord will say, go and enter into the heaven, enter into my heaven, amen, because you have accepted Christ. And that is the beginning of having peace and wisdom from God is being reconciled to God. And once you're reconciled to God, if you've been fortunate enough to be saved, amen, your entire life has changed. You'll be in heaven for an eternity with the Lord. Now you should spend your life in the ministry of reconciliation, helping others be reconciled to God, because that's what he calls us to do. And that is such a precious piece of wisdom. It is very peaceable because you'll have great peace in doing that. Amen. It is the best calling that anyone could have. I wish I could go on, but for time's sake, I thank you for listening. Tune in next time. Take care. God bless and amen. Thanks for listening to this episode of KJV Cafe. Have a question for Pastor Clark? Email him directly at clark at enduringpromise.org or visit kjvcafe.com and click the envelope button on the homepage. Our program is hosted by Pastor Clark Covington and brought to you by Heartland Ministries. We'll close today with Psalm 119 verses 166 through 168. Lord, I have hoped for thy salvation and done thy commandments. Commandments. My soul hath kept thy testimonies, and I love them exceedingly. I have kept thy precepts and thy testimonies, for all my ways are before thee.